Hello and welcome to the Dear Citrus Diaries podcast. I'm your host, Lauren Hodgen, and I'm a food and beverage lover. From design to development and all the in-between, this podcast is about my life as a 20-something-year-old navigating the ups and downs of the everyday. So grab a cup of matcha or your favorite functional beverage, get cozy, and let's dive in. And be sure to tune in every Monday at 7 a.m. EST for a brand new episode. Hello, Adrian. Thank you so much for coming on the podcast. I'm so excited to chat today. I would love for you to introduce yourself and your brand and just everything that you do. Well, it's really nice to meet you, Lauren. Thanks so much for having me. Um, my name is Adrian Lufkin. I'm a mom and a wife and a chef and the founder of Struisley Granola Redefined. It's a better for you granola. It's grain and gluten free with no added sweeteners. And I crafted it because I felt there was a need in the market for a better for you granola. And and we can dive into that a little bit later, but that's sort of my my little background there. Yeah, that's so cool. And your flavors look delicious. I would love for you to just like talk us through how you came to the flavors that you did. I think the Better For You granola space is something that's not touched on a lot. And I think it's like a very new kind of area. And for the people that maybe aren't familiar with the term Better For You or aren't familiar with the brand, can you kind of talk us through the product formulations, the flavors, how you landed on what you did? Well, I think granola has this aura of being a health food generally. And I think those of us that read labels and are somewhat savvy or getting to be savvy now know that it's really not that good for you and Mm -hmm. not that healthy for you. A lot of granolas have added sugars and sweeteners in many forms. Um, And a lot of granolas are just very carb heavy and not very nutrient dense and also have maybe inflammatory oils. So one or a combination of those things don't make for a healthy granola. Mm -hmm. Um, It's more of maybe a dessert. So I saw a niche in the market for a really clean, organic gluten-free, nutrient-dense granola. And this is something that I've been making for a long time for myself and um, for clients. I was a private chef for many years before I was a mom. And and many of my clients had dietary restrictions, autoimmune disease, fighting cancer, and were very restricted. So I sort of formulated this superfood blend and tailored it to their needs. And as I did that, I learned that I felt better eating it. Mm -hmm. Little sidebar, I have Crohn's disease and chronic migraines. And me as well. I knew that about you. So um, we'll have to talk about that later too. Yes. But I, this was like 20 years ago, 20 plus years ago that I I was cooking this way and learning and I started feeling better. And um, so I just just started my journey, my wellness journey back then and learned that food was medicine. And um, that was when Struisley was born, was was way back when. And um, 
it, that was the kind of the original blend and um, all these years later, still making it, sharing it with friends and family and kind of had a light bulb moment a couple of years ago and was like, I don't know, I feel like friends and family really love it and I really love it. And I feel like the universe is ready for something like this mm -hmm. now that people are more savvy and looking for something really clean and looking for something without inflammatory oils and um, maybe grain free. Mm -hmm. So I tested the waters and, um, you know, kind of had some really great feedback and, and went for it. That's amazing. And how did you, so this better for you, you know, branding for the granola, like how did you choose the ingredients that you did? Obviously we're staying away from inflammatory ingredients and high sugars and refined sugars, but you know, I think a lot of times people hear better for you and they don't totally know what that means when it comes to like an ingredient or like what to look for. So what are some of your like key ingredients in the products? I see like you have coconut oil and sea salt and unsweetened cacao. Like, can you just talk us through a little bit about it? So the base for all my blends is, is tiger nuts, which is actually not really a nut. It's a tuber. Mm -hmm. So all my blends are grain free. We don't use oats and um, tiger nuts are actually really good for you. They have um, resistant starch. It's a kind of fiber that is, is really good for your heart, really good for digestion. Um, it has a similar fat to that of olive oil. So it's really heart healthy. Um, so that's sort of the base for all the blends. And then in addition to the tiger nuts, the original blend and the cacao and coffee, I use walnuts and pecans, um, again, the sea salt, coconut oil, and then all the things that we want to include in our, in our daily routine, like the, the chia seeds, the hemp hearts, the flax meal. So I kind of took like all these things that we want in our day and combined mm -hmm. them in one convenient, really delicious, you know, product. So mm -hmm. that was, that was sort of the, the driver was what are all the really delicious ingredients that, that I use that, you know, and, and a lot of people really use and love and how mm -hmm. can I make it really delicious and convenient and use all the things that we want and none of the things that we don't want. And then for the cacao and coffee, similar idea, all the same base ingredients that I use for the original blend, but I added even more really good for you ingredients like the cacao nibs, unsweetened cocoa powder, and a little organic coffee, which we grind right before we make the batch and it's single source. And so there's a lot of really good benefits and antioxidants in that blend as well. Um, and That's we have amazing. a new flavor coming out actually. Ooh. So you're the first to hear about it. It's called Savory Seed. Ooh, okay. And that one also uses a base of tiger nuts. And this one really highlights the nutritional benefits of seeds. And it's a nut-free blend. So oh, for cool. all my nut-free friends, it's a really versatile flavor and a really good addition to so many things. Like it, it kind of can lean a little sweet or savory. Mm -hmm. 
So that's amazing. Ooh, I'm gonna have to try that one because that sounds right up my alley. And I'm curious because you mentioned this one being kind of more lean on the savory side. And then you were saying earlier, we're talking about how granola is like looked at as kind of a health food, but its ingredient lineup and nutritional panel doesn't really line up with it being a health food. And yours is very much in the opposite direction where it is a true health food. And I'm just curious if you have an opinion on like why you think granola has been branded a health food when like the traditional versions of it very much aren't. I think as we learn more, um, I think that's just the difference is like the more we learn about the ingredients that go into our food, the more educated we become, we learn that like what we thought was healthy is maybe not so healthy. Like as we're learning more about, I don't know, um, how bad processed foods are for you. Mm -hmm. I mean, I, you know, 10, 20 years ago would eat things that to like now I would never eat because I know better. So I think it's just as time goes on and, and more research comes out and we learn about different things and um, how it affects the body and different studies that come out. I mean, I'm not a nutritionist, so um, I don't know all the details, but I do know that from my own experience and my own, um, how, how food makes me feel, the cleaner I eat and the less sugar I eat, um, the better I feel. I definitely agree with you that a lot of it and most of it comes down to education and just like knowing what you're putting in your body and how your body reacts to it and recognizing the signs of how your body reacts in like more ways than maybe just how some people look at like digestion as like a reaction, like looking at inflammation and migraines as both of us have dealt with. And I'm curious, you know, like for me at least, like in my journey of healing chronic migraines, like educating myself on ingredients and what I was putting into my body beyond like surface level was really important in my whole journey. And I'm curious, like I know you mentioned that you have migraines as well and you deal with Crohn's disease and just how that has played a role in both like the formulation of your products, but just you as a person and like how education of food has become a really big component of your life. Yeah. It's food is like central to my Mm -hmm. life because of my product and it's was my career and it's a passion of mine, but also I look at it now as medicine and it has a direct correlation to whether I'm feeling good or not feeling good. Mm So, um, you know, I don't, I don't drink alcohol. I really limit the amount of sugar that I have. Um, I I really try to eat, you know, as they say, when you shop the grocery store to shop the perimeter, which means kind of stay away from processed foods. Um, I try to do that. And, and when I do those things, along with other things like getting enough sleep and getting enough exercise, um, I feel... I feel really good. And it's funny, like, I know, like when I get a migraine or I have a flare up with Crohn's, I can, I can almost always pinpoint the culprit. Mm-hmm. And it's same here. always food. Yes, same here. It was so shocking how like, 
I kind of did like a hard reset on my diet when I got diagnosed with migraines and, you know, was eating super, super clean. And then I've kind of like reincorporated other things back into my diet as years have passed. And it's so funny if I eat something that's like very far out of range and I get a migraine, I like, like you're saying, you can immediately pinpoint it. And even just with like other things outside of a migraine, like just with like inflammation or digestive issues, like you once you know your body, you know it so well that it's like you are so in tune with anything that upsets it. Do you have like certain trigger foods that you're like, I this is like a no ever? A like lot a of never. it. If I eat like a lot of like processed foods, especially like that's kind of like the biggest thing. And it used to be a lot of like gluten and dairy. And I've reincorporated that back into my diet of having more like good like non-processed forms of that. Like I can eat like fresh sourdough and like local dairy and things like that where I know the source and I know it's organic and all of that. But like if I'm going out to a restaurant and I'm eating maybe like a super cheesy pasta, like I know I'm not going to feel great in a couple hours or the next day. And it's it's wild because even like when I first started with migraines, I couldn't eat any of it. And then it was like my body like healed and came back from it. And now I can reincorporate things back in. So it's interesting that the body continues to change. You know, mm-hmm. one day you might have something as a trigger and the next day you might not have it at all. Yeah. It really is like an ever evolving journey. <laughs> it is. What do you see as like your triggers with your migraines? Um, well, definitely sugar, mm-hmm. um, the weather, <laughs> stress oh yeah stress is number one (laughs) totally um alcohol but like I don't I don't drink it it doesn't like me for the Crohn's Mm -hmm. and and the migraines so that's not really a problem for me um like a really weird one is blue cheese I don't like blue cheese anyway but Mm -hmm. it must be like the mold or something I've heard that yeah um anything with truffles weird it's a it's a very pungent, unique smell and taste, yes. and that triggers me. <laughs> with the I definitely think anything with like strong smells is like very triggering. So I've never really thought about like food having smells affecting me, but like I think like cleaning products and like candles and yeah. I don't even know like body washes stuff like that. If it's heavily scented, it's like I need to like leave the room. For sure. Yeah. I don't do candles and I'm very particular about cleaning products as well. Like nothing strong or yeah. Yeah, exactly. How did you kind of deal with migraines? Like what did your journey look like there? Because I feel like everyone's is just so totally different. Wow. I, this, this might take another hour. (laughs) (laughs) And that's fine. (laughs) I started getting migraines when I was literally a toddler. Oh my gosh. Um, my mother used to tell me that I would, you know, toddle around and hold my head and say, like, tell her like, mommy, my head hurts. And I don't remember that, but I do mm-hmm. remember when I was in elementary school and middle school, constantly going to the nurse's office because I had a migraine and my father would come pick me up and I would go home. Um, So from a very young age, I had debilitating migraines and I didn't, didn't know that food was a trigger. I didn't Mm -hmm. know that stress was a trigger or sleep, or I didn't know any of this. And my parents didn't know any of this either. And 
not until I got into my like twenties did I start going to a neurologist mm-hmm. and um, cause they got really, really like so bad, like debilitatingly bad. I went to a migraine clinic. I went to like multiple migraine clinics um, and started different medications and went down like a path of like Western medicine that was that was kind of like a nightmare mm-hmm. <laughs> itself. Yes. <laughs> um, and wasn't until I sort of came off of all that medication and, and started with like more of an Eastern approach, mm-hmm. um, detoxing my system, changing my diet, getting on a better sleep regimen, um, yoga, meditation, all those things is when I really started to see a difference. I'm right there with you. I I didn't start getting migraines until college and well act like the headache portion of a migraine till college. I had some of like the other symptoms and things for like quite a bit through high school and had other like health problems throughout my childhood, but I didn't get them until college and it was like debilitating right away and I did the whole Western medicine. I tried like 11 different medications. None of them worked. And then I went to a naturopath and kind of started acupuncture and that whole route. And it was crazy because I had been trying to heal them for maybe, I don't even know, like four years at that point. And then it was, they were healed in like a year after going the Eastern route. And it's just, it's crazy how many like people's stories that I hear that are very similar in nature of like once they kind of you know, went the more holistic route or found just like what works for them, that it was like an immediate shift. Yeah. It's, it's crazy. And I'm curious, like, what do you do now to like take care of yourself? Like whether that's with like migraines, with Crohn's, like what do your self-care and wellness routines look like to kind of accommodate to make sure you're staying clear of triggers? Uh, well, I do, it is a combination of Western medicine and, you know, healthy lifestyle and wellness um, because I think there was a period of time where I relied on sort of the whole Eastern thing alone and that Mm -hmm. was not enough for me. And the frequency and severity and the debilitating migraines crept back. Yes. So I am on a medication that is really life altering because, you know, early days, there was, there was no medication for migraine. Mm -hmm. There was medications that they, you know, used for other things that they thought could work for migraines, Mm -hmm. but they really didn't. Now there is actually medications that work for migraines. So the one that I'm on is I take once a month and it is a game changer for me. But in addition to that, I have to also be careful with what I eat, make Mm -hmm. sure I get enough sleep. Um, I'm consistent with exercise, managing my stress, like all those things also play a role because I still get breakthroughs. Um, So yeah, it's all kind of uh, goes hand in hand. It's not one thing. It's, it's kind of everything combined. 
That's interesting to hear that you use a combination of both because I usually feel like when somebody kind of goes a holistic route, they like there's never like they close the door to Western medicine and they kind of go one way. They don't swing back and forth. And I'm just like curious from your experience, like how did you have any like hard time kind of going back and like accepting that you had to go on a medication in tandem with lifestyle changes? Because I know like that's something that's like pretty common that you like hear like with people it's hard to do both yeah I didn't want to um I don't love that I rely on a pharmaceutical Mm -hmm. to feel good because I really try to maintain like you know a clean kind of chemical chemical free sort of like lifestyle and I don't love that I I need it but the alternative is going to the emergency room uh, multiple times a month, mm-hmm. being in a dark room. You know how it is. Oh, yes. Um, it's not just a headache. Right. It's, it's so, so bad. And I went, I struggled for so many years of my life and missed out on so much and missed out on so many days of my life that that is not an option for me. Mm-hmm. So this is what's working for me now. And maybe in time I can try again and mm-hmm. like wean off of it. But the way my life is, I'm very busy. I'm running a business and I have a family and um, I want to be healthy and not in a dark room or an emergency room. <laughs> so I, I'm right there with you because yeah, I've, come to the same kind of conclusions recently with other things of like, you know, you can, you know, treat your body as much as you want and and as well as you need to. And still, it may not be everything and you may still need to, you know, intervene in certain areas. And I think sometimes it can be a really hard pill to swallow because a lot of, you know, wellness culture makes you think that you should be able to do it all holistically and that, which it very much is possible, but I think it's not always practical. Yeah. I mean, I'd, I don't think there's any right or wrong. I think it's what works for you and what helps you live the healthiest, happiest life you can. So I agree. And I'm curious, like it sounds like you're such a busy person from having your brand to, you know, being a mom and a partner and just all the things. And like, how do you balance everything? Like, what does this look like for you to achieve any sort of balance in, you know, all of this and then in tandem with having an autoimmune disease and migraines? Sleep. Yep. <laughs> I I really prioritize like good quality sleep. So I have mm-hmm. like a good sleep routine, I guess you'd say, um, and exercise. Like I never feel if there's like a day where I don't get a walk in or I don't get my I do like Pilates or yoga in the morning and I, I, I walk. If I don't get like one of those things in, I feel very out of whack, out Mm -hmm. of balance. It's, it's just how I'm wired. Like I don't feel like my day is complete if I didn't get in some kind of physical activity. So I agree. I I find the same thing. I always like wake up and walk my dog right in the morning. And if I have like a meeting early in the morning or something and I don't get to do it immediately, I feel so like out of sorts. Like my body's like, what time is it? What are we doing? Like what's going on? So I hear you on that. I'm curious, like what does your, do you have any like 
rules or maybe rules isn't the right word, but like things you do for a good sleep routine. Like I feel like everybody kind of has their things. Like I know I have to have like a fan on like a low setting and I need to have an eye mask on and like I need my dog up there with me. So (laughs) do you have anything that is like I have to have this to sleep well? Oh my gosh, you want all my secrets. (laughs) Oh geez. Well, I um I always open the window because I like fresh air, mm-hmm. even if it's freezing out. Um, and I have a noise, like a white noise little machine. Cause oh, I love, yes. I, I can't have it like stone silent. If Sometimes travel, it freaks me out. <laughs> yeah. Like if we go somewhere, I bring it with me. And if I happen to forget it, I, I can't fall asleep because it's too quiet. Yes. I, I'm always like, if I'm trying to fall asleep in the quiet, I'm like listening for something. I'm like thinking I hear things around the house or outside. And so, yeah, I'm right there with you. Yeah. So I always crack the window and my noise machine's right next to it. So I push the button on the machine. I We have three dogs. So I always bring the dogs into the bedroom and they have their spots in the room. So yeah, I can't, I can't like settle in unless the dogs are settled in. Um, I don't know. Like that's, that's, I mean, I always have like a cup of chamomile tea, but not too close to bed because yes. I don't want to have to get up through the night. <laughs> I, I understand that because I'm a, I drink tea before bed and my go-to is usually I do one chamomile bag, one peppermint bag. And I, like I drink that. that. And I've recently been trying to like time it perfectly to like drink it before bed, but not too close to bed. And I think my boyfriend thinks I'm crazy. Like, I'm like, <laughs> well, maybe tonight I'll try like an hour and a half. And he's like, is it really going to make that big of a difference? I'm like, yes, it will. <laughs> I think the ma- I think it's like two hours is the magic. Yes. Number. Yeah. That's what I've kind of like been getting close to figuring out I'm like it must be somewhere around around that because if not I'm like he'll come up to bed and then like well I have to get up now like (laughs) what am I doing yeah so I've been trying to figure that out as well and I always um I I turn my phone off like long before bed turn it off and I I like to read like I like to get into bed I have my little book light because I like the room dark and I I like to read and that really helps me sort of wind down and get sleepy and I yeah I have no problem falling asleep yep I I'm right there with you once I have everything like in place it's like I can fall asleep immediately it's very nice I'm curious you mentioned you do Pilates and you like other forms of movement to keep you active do you have any other like hobbies or things in your like that bring you joy in your free time I'm sure you may have little free time with having a brand and being a mom and all of the things. But when you have those slivers of time, what are you doing? Um, I'm in the kitchen, usually um, crafting and creating new recipes with Struisley. Like this weekend, we had about 10 inches, 8 to 10 inches of snow. Oh, wow. And it was great because I was able to get to the store before we got the snow and Mm -hmm. I got a bunch of ingredients and I knew I wanted to work on some recipes for the website and a few other things we're working on. And so I was happy as a clam, like in the kitchen making different recipes. So yeah, that's sort of my, I love that. What makes me happy is like kind of in my slippers with stepping over my dogs (laughs) 
<laughs> yep. Yeah. I have a little um, like six pound toy poodle and she's Aww. always right there with me in the kitchen. She's like glued to my ankle just waiting for me to to drop something. But yeah, I'm always trying to be in the kitchen whenever I have free time. And this year I'm trying to do a lot of like bigger cooking projects on the weekend so that I have like one kind of big thing that I'm working on to like take me across the weekend. And um, I find it very relaxing. And I think some people find cooking so like stressful and like anxiety inducing, but I like, I, I love it. Me too. What do you, what have you made recently that you're really I made um I made some focaccia last weekend. My mom got me a cookbook for Christmas that's like all different kinds of bread to make and so I've been like kind of picking through that and trying some different ones. I want to make pasta this weekend and I've just been making like this isn't quite a large project, but I'm making lots of soups throughout the week I because know. I work from home so I'm like it's so easy I can just throw it on like, you know, earlier in the day and then they're ready by dinner time, but that's what I've been making. What about you? Um, I made, well, my son was home from school. And so I made him and my husband braised short ribs. Ooh, I made that for Thanksgiving and I loved it. They came out really good. I do the, the butcher box. I don't know if you ever do tried that. Yes. I love it. So I have like all the meat and the fish and the chicken like right in the freezer. So I pulled out the short ribs. So I made the braised, like red wine braised short ribs. Mm-hmm. Um, and I made this, um, I love butternut squash with me as well. Like I'm very specific. Like I love it with, um, curry. It's like, I love a curry butternut squash with like the coconut milk and the fire roasted tomato. So I made like kind of like a stew with chickpeas over like the tricolored quinoa. Ooh, that sounds very really good. good. Just squeeze a little lime on top, a little fresh cilantro. So I've been eating that for days. <laughs> I I make actually remind me I made curry the other day, and I have just a swath of it in my fridge. And so like I've been eating it for lunch. My boyfriend's been taking it to work for lunch, and I was like, I feel like all we've eaten is curry for pretty much a week, <laughs> which is not a bad problem to have, honestly. No, and it's so good for you because turmeric is so. It's mm-hmm. so good for you. It is. And it's just like an easy thing to make too. And tonight I'm having some sausage tortellini that I made over the weekend. And so I'm like very excited to have these like big weekend projects that are kind of carrying me through the week. That sounds really good. I'll yeah. To your house. You are more than welcome. <laughs> and I touching on food, you have a background as a private chef, which we haven't even got to yet. And so can you just like tell me about your journey there? I feel like everybody was so interested in like private chefs' careers after there were a couple that popped up on TikTok over the summer and kind of last year. And so I would just love for you to share like what did that journey look like for you? This is kind of a fun story. So I um I went to school in Boston for two years. I went to an all girls school just for like liberal arts. Mm -hmm. And then I took a year off um, to kind of decide what I wanted to do next. I ended up getting into Syracuse for communications and I just deferred for a year so I could work and save some money and um, go to Syracuse. So my, my year off, I took a nanny job. So I was a nanny for a family in Westchester, and they were both doctors in New York City. 
And part of my job was to make them dinner because they came home nice. from New York, dinner time. They wanted mm-hmm. to be able to have dinner with their kids. And they said, is that something you can do? Sure, I can do that. Great. Figure it no out. Problem. I was literally <laughs> 19 years old and like I had no idea what I was doing. So right. <laughs> I would call my mom like almost every day. I was like, mom, how do you make a meatloaf? <laughs> you like talk me through it. And over time, I really loved it and got into it and didn't need to call my mom anymore because I was like tearing through the cookbooks and like going to the store and looking at like what looked good and what did I want to try and experimenting and learning what the family liked, what they didn't like. And it's so funny. They, I'm still friends with this family to this day. And they tease me because they, they would say, remember Adrian, you used to make, you would make us a meatloaf or chicken pot pie because you knew we loved it. And then you would make something else, an experiment, and you would have the meatloaf as a backup in case we didn't like the experiment, you know. That's a good way to cook. Yeah. So I ended up not going to Syracuse, but I went to Fordham to finish my undergraduate undergraduate degree and got my business degree at Fordham. And then after Fordham, I decided I really don't want to be in the business world, mm-hmm. haha. Because here I am now. But right, <laughs> it all worked out. I want to. I want to explore the culinary thing. So I went to cooking school, and I I went to school um, at the at the French Culinary in New York City, and um, sort of found my niche, continuing to cook for this family and other families in that whole Westchester area, and mm-hmm. just like loved it. I just, every day going to work, I loved it. I had a smile on my face because it was a different family and a different sort of um, menu plan. And they all had different, different tastes and different diets and different needs. And it was allowed me to be creative and learn. And that was, that was kind of how I got my start. That is just so cool. I worked all over the country for different families at different times. You know, I, I did a stint for one family for five years and another family for a couple of years. So wow, it kind of changed and evolved, but. That is so cool. What is your like biggest takeaway from that journey and just like what it kind of taught you about, it sounds like being flexible in your career and being flexible about where life may take you. Like, do you have one or a couple takeaways from that time of your life? Um, I mean, I, I, that job, that type of job gave me culinary freedom and flexibility, mm-hmm. um, which I loved. I did work in restaurants here and there, and I catered here and there. But when I did that kind of work, you're, you're limited to the menu that you had to cook from at the restaurant. Mm-hmm. You're limited to, um, you know, what the executive chef wants you to make. So I loved the freedom and creativity that came with being a private chef. And I loved more than anything, the relationships that I had with the people that I worked for. I mean, that was really, that brought me joy. And to this day, I am close to the families that I worked for, you know, so that's 
that was really the takeaway was just the the friendship and the relationships and um definitely I wouldn't you don't I don't think you would get that working in a restaurant oh I agree it's so much more of a personal experience like being with them one-on-one but also like having such a hand in like how people are eating and how people are being fed and what their relationship to food is. Yeah. And and that's a whole other, I mean, I didn't even touch on that, but that's a whole other aspect of I was able to create food to help heal people. Like some mm-hmm. of my clients were fighting cancer or autoimmune disease and to be able to make them something that was nourishing and healing and that they were excited to eat, you know, or not feeling well, but this really brought joy to them because it was gluten-free and grain-free and they could eat it without a problem um, was so rewarding. That's, I, yeah, I can't even imagine that. Even when I just like cook for my friends or like for my family and my partner on like a much smaller scale, I'm. it's always so fun to make them things that like truly bring joy to people and like how much food really brings joy and brings community. And it sounds like both of those things were very important to your career as a private chef, but now your career as a brand owner and how community plays a role in all of that. And how did you see kind of the crossover of your journey as a private chef and your journey as a brand owner, I'm sure there's some parallels of like developing recipes and creating community around a product and feeding people. Is there just anything you want to touch on in that space of like what community means to you? Well, I think the experience of being a private chef and being someone that appreciates relationships and Mm -hmm. appreciates um, that food is medicine and that how, how important food is, especially to someone that has certain restrictions. Mm-hmm. So like finding something that you can eat when you're yes. gluten-free or grain-free or diabetic, mm-hmm. how, how important that is. So when I do demos or go to events and I meet people that are so happy to have something to, you know, um, add to their daily routine, that, that right there is reason enough to have created this brand and, you know, brings me so much joy and happiness to, to have that interaction in person and, um, you know, nothing makes me happier than to, and my father's diabetic mm. and he eats it twice a day. He's so cute. Like he's That's like, adorable. I have it for my breakfast and I have it for dessert. <laughs> That's the sweetest thing ever. There's a special kind of joy for finding something that you can eat that tastes good when you have restrictions. Like I know when I went gluten-free and dairy-free, like finding pasta and bread and like even snacks and stuff that I liked that I could eat was like the biggest joy and the biggest light because it's so hard to find stuff sometimes and especially depending on where you are and availability and things like that. But yeah, I, I know what you mean of like, it's very exciting when you find stuff. I was helping a friend 
over the weekend doing some demos in uh, one of the grocery stores here for her brand. And um, there was like a little girl who came up and she has like some allergies to coconut, I think it was. And the product was coconut free and it was a snack. And she was thrilled like over the moon like this little like four-year-old girl and I was like this is like so heartwarming and it was like I know like how I feel when I found products so I can't even imagine how as a little kid she felt so yeah I hear you on that yeah it's the best it is the best and I have two final questions for you one is if you were to build a dream snack plate what would be on the snack plate it can be anything. It can be kind of an out of this world combination, but like if you were eating a snack right now, what would be it? Oh my gosh. Okay. The first thing that popped in my head is it's like so random, but like I love acai bowls. Yes. Me too. I don't know why that popped in my head because it's literally freezing rain right now. (laughs) Really cold, but I just love them because I love, I'm, I'm like a texture person. Mm -hmm. So I love like the cold, creamy acai and it has to be topped with streusley, of course. Obviously. Yeah. But the fruit, the cold fruit and I, you know, a little nut butter on there and then the crunchy streusley. That is almost always like my, my go-to. If someone says, if you're stranded on a, you know, island some a desert island somewhere what would you want and I always say I would want an acai bowl (laughs) I hear you on that my mom and I got so obsessed with acai bowls when I was in like high school because there was like a shop that opened in my hometown and yeah there's just something about them it's like everything you could possibly want in like one bowl of goodness and it's just yeah I feel like they transcend um like what the weather is outside because it's like pouring rain out here and it's cold and I'm like I could eat an acai bowl right now absolutely one now (laughs) right me too I'm like maybe I'll go get one for dinner (laughs) and then um my other question for you is if you had to give one piece of advice to just kind of like wrap up our conversation of you know taking care of your body and understanding of what you put in your body and just like how food brings so much joy and community, like what would that piece of advice be? Well, I guess I think I said it before and that's, you know, you kind of have to do what works for you and not worry about what other people think or worry about judgment. You kind of have to, like we had this conversation about how, I'm not crazy about the fact that I have to take a medication because that's not really um, the lifestyle that I would, you know, would like to live, but it, it helps me feel good. It helps me live the life that I need to live in order to maintain my health, get through the day, um, manage my business and do what I need to do. So I would say not all things work for all people. You kind of have to listen to your body and do really what works for you and and trust, you know, kind of listen and trust your instincts. Absolutely. I, I couldn't agree more. And I think just like this idea of trusting your body and being really in tune with your body is such a good takeaway. And I'm so glad that you were willing to talk about your experience with having a mixture of both Western and Eastern medicine because I do think it's a topic that isn't touched on 
too awfully much and it can be something that sometimes people feel uncomfortable talking about. And I'm just really thankful that you were willing to just share your perspective and journey on it. Sure. No problem. Yeah. Yeah, And I'm just like so excited for that, just everything we talked about today and that everybody had a chance to hear your story and hear more about Struisley. And I would love for you can share where people can find you, where they can find the products, the brand, website, just all the things, which will also be linked in the show notes. But if you could share as well. Well, we're on Struisley.com and we're on Instagram at Struisley. So those are two really good resources to, to find us and, um, and also me. So perfect. Well, thank you so much for sharing all this and I'll have all that in the show notes as well. And yeah, thank you for coming on. Thanks for having me, Lauren. Thank you so much for listening to the Dear Citrus Diaries podcast hosted by me, Lauren Hodgen. Be sure to subscribe to our Substack and follow along on Instagram and TikTok to stay in the know, discover recipes, and so much more. Find everything linked in the show notes below, and I'll catch you next Monday at 7 a.m.